Hey everybody, this is Todd Pettengill from the World Wrestling Federation. You may remember me in the 1990s, and this is what it looks like now. Proud to tell you all about reliving the war on wrestling bios. This is an awesome show. Welcome to Reliving the War, episode 55, and welcome to the 28th of October, 1996. WCW Nitro is live tonight from Phoenix, Arizona, while WWF Raw is a taped show from Fort Wayne, Indiana. We're going to compare each and every Raw and Nitro segment as usual, but first, let's take a look at the WCW Halloween Havoc 1996 results in Nitro's first 60 minutes. Halloween Havoc 1996 took place in the MGM Grand Garden Arena as usual on the 27th of October, bringing in around 10,000 fans to the venue. The show opened up with Dean Malenko defeating Rey Mysterio Jr. for the Cruiserweight title. Malenko's top rope twisting powerbomb got a great pop from the audience at the very end of the bout. Diamond Dallas Page defeated Eddie Guerrero after hitting a diamond cutter. Page absolutely dominated the final moments of this match. Everyone's favourite ref wrestler Jeff Jarrett lost his match against the Giant thanks to Ric Flair coming down and hitting a low blow on the big man. You can skip this one and still sleep well tonight. Six vs Chris Jericho was a fun match but nasty Nick Patrick was up to his old tricks. Nick slow counted a few times and Jericho complained. Six took the opportunity to hit the Lionheart with a spin kick while Jericho was arguing with Patrick and Six wins the match. Lex Luger defeated Arn Anderson next via submission. The total package used a steel chair on Anderson and the commentator said a little later that AA had to go to hospital. Ric Flair accompanied the enforcer. Ming and the Barbarian lost their match against Steve McMichael and Chris Benoit. The Dungeon of Doom attacked the two horsemen after the bout as Woman was forced to look on. The Outsiders defeated Harlem Heat to become the new tag team champions. Kevin Nash hit Booker T with Robert Parker's cane and Scott Hall got the pinfall win. And then, in our main event, Hulk Hogan showed up looking like an absolute fucking buffoon with this wig on his bald dome, but the macho man removed it during the match and giggles were had by all. The giant ended up costing Savage the match and Hulk Hogan retained the title. And after the final bell, when Hulk Hogan was ripping into the fans on the microphone, Roddy Piper showed up. Piper and Hogan cut a promo in the middle of the ring. Piper said that he's the only person that Hogan has never been able to beat. Piper wanted Hogan to shake his hand and admit it was the people who made Hulk Hogan. And even after a handshake, Hogan couldn't help himself. Hollywood said that Piper's day is coming, so we assume that Hogan vs the Hot Rod is going to take place soon in World Championship Wrestling. The show faded to black in the middle of the promo, so there's that also. Halloween Havoc wasn't WCW's best pay-per-view of 1996. You can do a lot better here and I'd recommend checking out Fall Brawl instead. Tony and Larry open up Nitro and they talk about Roddy Piper. The commentary team think that maybe the Hot Rod could be the man to lead WCW in their fight against the New World Order. Juventud Guerrero vs Steve Regal is our first match, the TV title is on the line, and we see Sting sitting in the rafters, his crow makeup is now completely covering his face. When the competitors begin wrestling, Six appears in the audience, Steve Regal doesn't look too amused at what's going on here. Six says he's gonna bring the Cruiserweight title to the NWO, and this gorilla right here seems highly invested in what Six has to say. 
A message is then sent to Sting, make the right choice. The focus was completely taken off the match here, which maybe wasn't a bad thing seeing as this is Crow's Sting, but I just wish it didn't happen during a Steve Regal match. Regal wins via submission. His lordship was supposed to have an interview afterwards, but he must have forgot. Tony Schiavone is left hanging around like a spare dick. We get a recap of the Halloween Havoc Lex Luger vs Arn Anderson match before the Faces of Fear try to sell us some WCW merchandise, and I'm so afraid of what may happen if I don't buy this stuff that I picked up the phone and placed 10 orders. Diamond Dallas Page continues to impress with another victory, this time it was Mike Enos who fell to the diamond cutter, and there's a few things here that we should take note of. First, Page was working as a babyface, secondly, the crowd are completely behind him, and finally, the outsiders came out during the match and they cheered for Dallas. Interesting stuff here, this story will unfold over the coming weeks. Nick Patrick referees another Jim Powers match, this time it's against Dean Malenko, and as expected, Patrick gets easily distracted and he pretty much costs Powers the match. At Halloween Havoc, after Chris Benoit and Steve McMichael's tag match, Kevin Sullivan showed up and he attacked Benoit, and he also had some words for woman before attacking the horseman. Shivani says there's more to this woman and Sullivan relationship than what meets the eye. Ricky Morton then submitted to Jeff Jarrett's figure 4 in our next matchup, and after the bout, Jeff Jarrett says that he accompanied Ric Flair and Arn Anderson to the hospital last night following the Enforcers match with Lex Luger. Jarrett says he's aligned himself with the four horsemen. High Voltage then took on the Amazing French Canadians, no not the Quebecers, the Amazing French Canadians, and the match ended when the Nasty Boys ran in to attack Kenny Chaos and Robbie Rage. Afterwards, the Nasty Boys cut a promo on the NWO and Hulk Hogan, they bragged about being nasty long before the New World Order was even a thought, and they talked about how Hulk Hogan lied to them over these past few weeks. It sounds like sour grapes to me, this promo didn't do the Nasty Boys any favours. I'm giving the unopposed point to Nitro this week, plenty going on and the matches weren't terrible. Bret Hart is in his home tonight in Calgary, Alberta, Canada while Steve Austin is in the WWF studios. The two men are going to discuss their upcoming Survivor Series match on tonight's episode of Raw. We're also going to see Davey Boy Smith vs Shawn Michaels in our Raw main event. Salvatore Sincere takes on Jesse James in our opening Raw match while WCW Nitro presents Rey Mysterio vs Jimmy Graffiti. The real Double J doesn't sing on his way to the ring unfortunately, but this bozo here knows every word of the song, what a legend. The match starts off with some kissing in the corner, very steamy, and Jesse James then gets poked in the eye. Salvatore grabs a side headlock and a drop down leapfrog sequence ends with a pretty bad looking hip toss over the top rope, and Vince McMahon takes some time to put over the real Double J as James does a little strut in the ring. Salvatore gets back inside the ropes, Jesse takes a few right hands, but Double J is able to stop Salvatore with a crossbody. Sincere then finds himself on the apron and James distracts the referee in order to get in a few right hands. A small spot, but it gets a great ovation. And after James knocks Sincere off the apron, he again does a strut before dancing to the audience. Get used to this folks, we're going to be seeing a lot more of the road dogs singing and dancing in the coming weeks. 
Salvatore manages to body slam his opponent as Vince McMahon runs down tonight's card. Sincere goes to the top rope but he ends up getting launched by the real Double J. Sincere's body then turns to rubber as James launches an attack that includes an Elvis style hip swivel. Jerry Lawler takes great offence to this on commentary but Vince McMahon is getting seriously worked up over what he's seeing. Sincere manages to put a Phil Nelson on James but it's countered with a pump handled slam. Honestly, for James's first singles match as a babyface on Raw, it could have went way worse. The fans were surprisingly into the gimmick. After the match, Doc Hendricks runs down the matches we're going to see at Survivor Series. Steve Austin interrupts Doc, he makes fun of the upcoming Hall of Fame ceremony, and it also appears that Stone Cold is getting a little anxious about this Bret Hart interview. And then, Doc lets us know who's going to compete at the 1996 Survivor Series event. I'm going to try something different too for the Survivor Series. A lot of you guys commented about covering the pay-per-views in more detail, and so I'm going to upload a complete review video for Survivor Series 1996. The video will be available when Survivor Series happens in our Reliving the War timeline. So look out for that standalone review very soon on the channel. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it. As the promo comes to an end, Steve Austin says that he's gonna whip Bret Hart's ass at the Survivor Series. Bret is then seen playing with his cat. Yeah. In the makeup lady tries to make Steve Austin look pretty for his upcoming interview, but Stone Cold is having none of it. From gigolo to graffiti artist, Jimmy Del Rey takes on Rey Mysterio next on Monday Nitro. Jimmy gets in a cheap shot at the beginning of the match, and he follows up with an electric chair drop and a sit-down powerbomb. Eric Bischoff then explains that Roddy Piper has not signed with World Championship Wrestling. He wanted some time to speak to Hulk Hogan last night at Halloween Havoc and WCW decided to give it to him. This was all storyline based of course. Ray performs a monkey flip before Jimmy whips Ray into the corner. Mysterio performs a moonsault, he lands on his feet, and Jimmy tries a crossbody but Mysterio hits a dropkick. This looked really good. Mysterio then uses the ropes to perform a moonsault, and Mysterio again uses the ropes to his advantage by performing a Hurricane Rana that sends Jimmy Graffiti out of the ring. Mysterio is having a great match so far. Graffiti manages to fight back, ramming Mysterio into the guardrail before hitting a diving senton from the ring apron to the outside, and back inside the ropes, Ray gets launched into the air before crashing hard to the mat. Jimmy applies a chin lock that doesn't stay on for too long. Mysterio is able to bring his opponent down with a drop toe hold. We see a unique dropkick from Rey Mysterio and then the match comes to an end when Mysterio hits a West Coast pop. Solid, solid TV match here. Good stuff. It's a point for Monday Nitro. Chris Benoit vs Eddie Guerrero is up next on Nitro while Crush takes on Aldo Montoya on Raw. A fan holds up a sign that says Jailbird and our guy here thought this would be funny, but you can actually see the exact moment where he regretted that decision. Mark Merrow phones into Raw and he says he's going to get his revenge on Hunter Hearst Helmsley at Survivor Series. Merrow and Hunter will lead their own Survivor Series teams in Madison Square Garden. Mark Merrow's days as the Intercontinental Champion were over though, what a short run he had. Aldo tries to bring the fight to Crush but he can't Irish whip his opponent. Crush kicks Montoya before hitting a clothesline that turns Aldo inside out. Montoya then gets whipped hard into the turnbuckles and the impact makes Crush pull this face right here. Aldo takes a tilt award backbreaker and then Aldo gets lifted up in the air and he gets dropped out of the ring just like that. Adios Aldo Montoya. 
Again, Chris pulls this weird face as if someone in the audience shit their pants, and maybe someone did after seeing that bump that Montoya just took. Maybe it was Aldo himself. Chris goes to the outside and he shouts at a lady holding up another jailbird sign. Something tells me that these signs were planted. Jim Ross, who was on commentary for this match, announces that Clarence Mason is now the manager of Farouk too, so yeah, this is the very early beginnings of the Nation of Domination. Montoya manages to hit a dropkick inside the ropes and he follows up with a jumping clothesline, but Aldo's momentum gets shut right down. Aldo is not getting a chance here. Crush then hits the heart punch. Jim Ross says this wouldn't affect Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon doesn't have a heart. And Crush wins via pinfall. After the match, a security guard stops Crush from hitting the heart punch on that lady who was holding up the jailbird sign. The security guard ends up taking a beating from Crush to end the segment. And it was absolute shit. There's no way Eddie and Benoit are losing this point, so let's just see what happened in the match. Both Guerrero and Benoit are injured tonight. Guerrero suffered damage to his ribs during his match at Halloween Havoc, while Benoit is hurting from Kevin Sullivan's attack. As soon as the two men lock up, Steve McMichael and Deborah walk out. Mongo says he's just there to make sure there's no slip-ups tonight. Guerrero rolls out of the ring and he plays up his injury. And as the match resets, Kevin Sullivan cuts a split-screen promo where he sends a message to Benoit. He says that during creation, woman was invented and woman was the ultimate destruction of us all. Sullivan then says to Benoit that the Taskmaster owns something that's gonna stay his. The commentators wonder what Sullivan is talking about as we go back to in-ring action. Guerrero hits a dropkick and both men are struggling to get through the match due to their kayfabe injuries. Benoit then begins focusing on Guerrero's ribs and a knee strike sends Guerrero back to the outside for a breather. Benoit follows Eddie and Guerrero takes more punishment. This has been a very slow Guerrero vs Benoit encounter so far and I'm not so sure how I feel about it. Benoit continues his attack inside the ropes but it's all strikes, there's no wrestling moves happening here. Guerrero gets thrown into the corner and Benoit then applies an abdominal stretch. Bischoff rightly brings up that there isn't a man inside the ring that isn't injured, including the referee. Eddie manages to get out of the hold, but Chris Benoit is straight back with a kick to Eddie's midsection. Can't believe I'm about to say this, but this has been pretty bad so far. It's the same thing over and over, punches, chops, kicks, Eddie getting punished and moments of hope that instantly get shut down by Benoit. It would be fine if the competitors weren't slowing down so much in order to sell their injuries from the night before, and it's just not a match that you expect from these two. There's nothing wrong with selling either by the way, the problem here is that the competitors started the match off by selling. Abdominal stretch number 2 gets applied and after Benoit lets go, Eddie is finally able to get in some offense and the pace gets quickened up with a flying forearm from Guerrero. But that's the last piece of offense Eddie gets in. Woman jumps up on the apron to distract Patrick, Mongo then hops into the ring to hit Eddie with his magical briefcase, and Chris Benoit wins the match via pinfall. It's finally happened guys, it was a great run, but I can't give this match a point. Eddie Guerrero's undefeated streak on reliving the war has ended, although I'm also not giving Raw a point for that Crush vs Montoya match. It's a dark dark day indeed. The Milton Bradley Karate Fighters Tournament has started over on Raw. Todd Pettengill and Jerry Lawler are here to host the most important tournament in WWF history, and our first match is between Mr. Perfect and Phineas Godwin. The two go to war and... here, have a look. Karate 
fighter, Coliseum. Dolly Parton. Yes, oh, and it comes. You dumb hillbilly. Let's look again. Mr. Perfect qualifies and he'll face the winner of the Sid versus Marlena match that takes place next week. <laughs> this is fucking insane. Stone Cold then talks about what happened on WWF Superstars. This was the famous Pillmanizing segment where Brian Pillman got his ankle re-injured by Stone Cold. Austin, who's in the WWF studios at the moment, then cuts a great promo where he says he doesn't care about Pillman. This is now Stone Cold's time. It's also announced that Brian Pillman will be live from his home next week on Raw, and Steve Austin says that he's going to show up at the Pillman residence. You know what comes next. Nick Patrick's attorney is here to talk about the recent allegations against the dodgy referee while Billy Gunn takes on Freddie Joe Floyd on Raw. Let's get the Nitro stuff out of the way. Patrick's attorney is named Alan Sharp and he's a real smug little shitbag. He tells Shivani that any questions directed at Patrick need to go through him first. Sharp says Patrick has been an honest and hardworking official. And last night at Halloween Havoc, Chris Jericho viciously attacked Patrick when Nick was only trying to do his job. Something that simply didn't happen. Jericho did not attack Nick Patrick. Jericho comes out and he says everyone in the arena and everyone watching at home knows that Nick is lying about his injury. And Jericho also says that Nick is being paid off by the New World Order. Sharp asks Jericho if he has some anger issues or if he had trouble playing with other children when he was younger. And before Jericho can answer, Teddy Long comes out. Teddy calls Sharp a con man while backing up what Jericho just said. Sharp says the name for what's happening here against Nick Patrick is slander, something that Nick and Sharp can sue Jericho and Long for. And that's it, the group keep talking among themselves as Nitro takes a commercial break. Absolutely nothing was progressed with this promo, completely pointless. Sonny comes down to commentate during the Billy Gunn vs Freddie Joe Floyd match and Jerry Lawler begins perving straight away. Vince McMahon clearly wants in on the action too. And our match begins with the two competitors trading hammer locks. A drop down sequence ends with Freddie Joe Floyd hitting a drop kick followed by an arm drag takedown. Floyd controls the arm as Lawler sits there looking like he needs a cigarette. And when the competitors get back to their feet, Billy tries to impress Sonny by clotheslining Floyd over the top rope. Bart Gunn then makes his way down to the ring. The smoking guns had another argument on WWF Superstars. And Bart flat out challenges Billy to a fight. Billy says Sonny is the only person he needs, and a bunch of referees come down to bring Bart back up the entranceway. Freddie Joe Floyd takes advantage of the distraction and he's able to hit a jumping back elbow. He follows up with a few punches followed by a jumping heel kick, but Billy manages to kick out at two. Billy then goes upstairs to hit a diving leg drop and check out the impact here. Billy catches Floyd right on the arm and you can hear Floyd shouting in pain after the move hits. Billy Gunn wins via pinfall. This was another pretty average matchup but it was better than the Nick Patrick stuff on Nitro. WWF Raw presents a Steve Austin and Bret Hart interview next while Booker T faces Lex Luger on Monday Nitro. Colonel Robert Parker does not come to the ring with Booker T. Hart and Heat are accusing Parker of costing them the tag titles at Halloween Havoc. As the match gets underway, Parker cuts a split screen promo where he says that he isn't responsible for Hart and Heat losing the belts. We can only hope that this whole Parker and Sherry thing has now come to an end, though I doubt it. Booker grabs a wrist lock and Luger comes back with a wrist lock of his own. Lex gets sent into the ropes and a Booker T hip toss gets countered. So far, so good. 
And then Lex tries to press Slam Booker, but he can't get him up. Lex recovers well with an atomic drop, but that's two weeks in a row where Luger has bitten off more than he can chew. Luger gets the crowd back on his side by clotheslining Booker over the top rope. This gets a great pop and Booker needs to take a moment to rethink his battle plan. The two begin wrestling again inside the ring as Sherry argues with AC Green of the Phoenix Suns at ringside. Green wants a piece of Booker T, but it looks like Sherry has it all under control. It looks like Luger is now in trouble, but Booker T is too distracted by AC Green. Lex is able to take advantage with a forearm to the midsection, followed by a knee lift, but Booker manages to kick out at two. Booker again goes to the outside to recuperate, and when the match resumes, Luger breaks a lockup with a knee strike. Lex then destroys his opponent in the corner and the referee has to break things up. Bobby Heenan says we're seeing a new Lex Luger tonight as the total package has gotten a lot more aggressive. Luger chokes Booker in the corner but Booker manages to come back with a sidewalk slam. A diving knee drop is then attempted but Lex moves out of the way. Lex then hits a back elbow as Nitro takes a commercial break. When we come back, Booker is momentarily in control but Lex just fucking steamrolls right through Booker T with a clothesline and again the audience pops. AC Green looks on as Booker hits an axe kick inside the ropes. Booker then hits another sidewalk slam before going upstairs. He then misses a Harlem hangover attempt. And just look at the audience when Luger signals for the torture rack. The total package was definitely popular with WCW audiences during this time period. Luger goes to apply the rack but then he gets distracted, Sting is watching the match. The problem here is, how did Luger know that Sting was there? Did he sense him or something? Lex goes after Sting but the icon turns his back and walks away. Booker T gets awarded a countout victory. Good stuff here from WCW and another good match on this week's Monday Nitro. Bret Hart and Steve Austin are going to talk about their upcoming match at the Survivor Series. Vince wants to know why did Bret stay away for so long? Was Bret maybe afraid to come back to face Steve Austin? And the hitman said he spent years and years getting battered by guys bigger than him without a break and it took its toll. Bret wanted some time off and now he's ready to get back in the ring. Bret then put Steve Austin over saying that he knew he would face Steve upon his return. And Austin then translates Brett's answer for the viewers at home. Basically loosely translated, you're saying, yes Vince, I'm afraid Stone Cold is going to kick my ass. That's what you're saying. Brett says Austin needs to clean up his language and then Brett uses the same word as Steve Austin. Austin doesn't let it slide either. As far as you uh, kicking my ass. There you uh, go. Brett says he's now the best he's ever been and he's ready for Stone Cold. Brett says there may be a bit of ring rust when he comes back, but he doesn't care. He wants to accomplish a lot of things in the WWF, and one of those accomplishments will be beating who he thinks is the best wrestler in the WWF right now, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Vince wants to know if Brett's going to leave the company if Steve Austin beats him, and Brett says that's unlikely. Stone Cold then sets the tone for this whole rivalry when he says, win, lose or draw, it doesn't matter. Brett will never be through with Austin. Hart will have to kill Stone Cold to end this rivalry. And keep in mind, this is something that Austin would remind Brett of months down the line. Steve Austin, quite simply, is stealing the show here. Well, that's why I'm the excellence of execution. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You wear a hood while you get assassinated. Uh-huh. Austin continues to cut Brett off, but at the end of the interview, while Brett was talking about his righteousness, Vince McMahon tells Brett the interview is now over. 
And you can see Brett's like, fucking excuse me. Austin then gets annoyed that a production guy is counting him down and the rattlesnake throws the little guy into a ladder. Austin then begins ragging everything around him and yeah, this was excellent. Stone Cold came out of this one looking great. It's extremely difficult not to enjoy Stone Cold being a no-nonsense badass and it's clear as day why fans were now starting to get behind him. Brett had only made his return and I know some people won't like this, but Steve Austin completely stole Bret Hart's spotlight here. Excellent work and a point for Monday Night Raw. Hulk Hogan's gonna cut a promo to end Monday Night Raw while the WWF presents Shawn Michaels vs the British Bulldog. Owen Hart is gonna provide commentary for the Raw match. Davey almost sends HBK out of the ring with a shoulder block and Davey does a little showboating afterwards. Shawn grabs a headlock, he gets whipped into the ropes. And HBK manages to make a great recovery when he slips after a leapfrog sequence. Sean knows he's falling, but he pulls off a Roman Greco thumb to the eye. HBK then hits a Frankensteiner and the Bulldog takes a few punches. And then Davey gets sent to the outside with a clothesline from Shawn Michaels. A ton of time wasting follows as Bulldog walks around the ring and Sean rallies up the audience. It feels never ending. Davey even does the whole I'm leaving the match stick and Sean doesn't bother to chase after him. Eventually, both competitors get back inside the ropes and the HBK chants begin destroying Davy's brain. Eventually, the two men lock up again and it ends with Davy taking an enziguri. Owen says Sean stole this move from the King of Hearts and Sean brings Davy down with a headlock takedown. Both men get back to their feet and Sean answers a hip toss with a kick to the face. And then Davey drops Sean across the top rope. Sean bounces back into the ring and the impact looks great. Sean takes the Ric Flair corner bump and he falls out of the ring as Vince McMahon announces that the cops have been called for Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's still backstage giving the production staff a hard time. We come back from a commercial break and Davey's got a chin lock applied. Guys, he has to get the same treatment as everyone else. Three strikes and he's out. Sean gets to his feet and he fights out but he takes a knee strike for his trouble and Davey stays in control with a big vertical suplex. As Vince McMahon promotes Survivor Series, chin lock number 2 gets applied. Thin ice Davey, thin ice. Sean fights out and he tries a crucifix pin but Bulldog counters with a Samoan drop. This match is really picked up after that long break at the beginning. And there it is folks. Davey Boy Smith chin lock. Sean again fights out and he pins Davy Boy, it only gets a two count, and Bulldog fires back with a hard clothesline. Fans are beginning to get behind Davy as the match continues, we come back from another commercial break and Sean has turned things around as HBK hits a flying forearm. After performing a kip up, Sean delivers a back body drop and Davy takes 10 punches in the corner. Davy then gets an opportunity to hit his running power slam, but Sean counters it, resulting in Bulldog taking a body slam. Sean climbs to the top rope and we see the elbow drop. Owen Hart then leaves the commentary table and he decides to hold Sean's legs when HBK goes for sweet chin music. It's a DQ finish. Psycho Sid runs down to help Sean Michaels during a beatdown but Sid accidentally hits Sean with an elbow. The two men begin arguing but Owen Hart puts an end to it by challenging Sean and Sid to a match next week against himself and the Bulldog. The tag titles will be on the line. Sean and Sid then get back on the same page, so there's a match we can look forward to next week. Sean vs Bulldog was pretty good here though, I didn't like the time wasting early on, 
but when the pace quickened up, this one turned out to be a good main event. Just before Raw goes off the air, we see a security guard kicking Stone Cold out of the building. There's cops waiting outside for Austin, and Raw fades to black as Stone Cold tries to talk his way out of getting arrested. The whole Roddy Piper promo from Halloween Havoc gets replayed on Nitro. It's pretty much the whole thing too. Great for those who didn't buy the pay-per-view, but bad for those who did. We don't get to see what happened when Halloween Havoc went off the air, and this also took up a ton of time towards the end of Nitro. But moving on, Hogan gets a great ovation when he makes his way to the ring. Hulk says he's the John Wayne of the 90s. He successfully defended the NWO title and kept the gold with the black and white. And the Hulkster says the New World Order have won the war and conquered WCW. Bischoff thinks otherwise on commentary. Hogan says he has respect for Randy Savage, but still, with all the power in Savage's tiny Slim Jim, the Macho Man couldn't get the job done. Hogan promises to take care of Miss Elizabeth, and this again gets a great crowd reaction. Hulk then puts the Outsiders over before addressing Roddy Piper. Hulk says that Piper couldn't lace up his boots, Hogan saw fear in Piper's eyes at Halloween Havoc, and the Hot Rod turned his skirt and ran away from the Hulkster. Ted DiBiase then says that the NWO has it all. They have the world belt, the tag team belts, they have stolen the US belt from Flair, and all there's left to do is for Hogan to pose in the middle of the ring. Not even joking, Nitro ends with Hogan doing his poses. No one comes out, no Piper, no Sting, nothing. Bischoff says he looks forward to having a few words with Roddy Piper as Nitro goes off the air. WWF Raw gets the final point. Raw wins this week's Reliving the War. It was a shaky start for the WWF, but the last half hour or so with the Bret and Austin interview along with the Michaels vs Bulldog match was some of the best stuff we have seen on Raw for a long time. Our scores are now 19 points to Raw, 29 points to Nitro, and we've had 7 ties. Nitro wins in the television ratings this week with a 3.6, while Raw only managed a 2. The infamous Pillman's Got a Gun segment takes place next week on Raw, so you won't want to miss episode 56 of Reliving the War. Over on Nitro, we're going to see Hector Guerrero vs Chris Benoit and a Booker T vs Lex Luger rematch. A big thanks to Todd Pettengill for agreeing to do the video intro this week, and a big thanks to That 90s Wrestling Podcast for facilitating the recording. Check out his channel and let him know Wrestling Bio sent you. Thank you very, very much for watching this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it, and hopefully I'll see you all next week. <laughs>